Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the show that asks the question, is John Mayer a producer on this? Like, I don't really, I don't really understand what's <laughs> happening. I don't know. Uh, like, how are we in with this much John Mayer this soon? I'm not complaining. I'm a known John head, but... We're going to get to the end of this six-episode season, and Chris Harrison is going to, like, lift up from the bottom of his neck, peel off the face mask, and it's going to have been John Mayer the whole time. Hey, uh, my name is Max Quinn. Here's my friend and co-host, Xavier Rebetsky-Noonan. G'day. Thanks for joining us. And joining us for the first time here in BOH Nation, he is a songwriter. He is yoga certified. He is, in my humble opinion, the beating heart of the Brisbane music community. Please make very welcome... Jeremy Neal. Jeremy. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. With that introduction, I feel like I'm already the uh, Savannah of this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. that's my first Savannah. time. That's my first time in my life being tickled by a bachelor. Listen to your heart reference, which oh. I don't know how many more of them will happen outside of this space. Um, but it's a it's a rare thrill. <laughs> yeah, we are here to recap episode one of The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. Jeremy, let's just get your Bachelor of Hearts, The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart credentials out of the way real quick, if that's okay. The bona fides. Yeah, the bona fides. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, you know, obviously I listen to the podcast a bit. Uh, my wife is mm-hmm. a huge fan, so I often am eating breakfast to the podcast. Um, <laughs> the show... You know, I've uh, I gotten involved in maybe in the last three years more so, you know, mm. and only Australia, you know. I haven't and ventured out since so my first US time. Uniquely qualified to be on this episode because you are, number one, a musician, new album. We were trying to make it out on Spotify or better, by the vinyl, correct? Yes, correct, please. Right. We and did fact two, you check. Are you you fact checked that before the podcast, though, right, Max? You didn't just like, oh, God, I hope this is <laughs> accurate. Oh shit! There better be one. Yeah, and you're married. Number two, you are uh, a connoisseur of love, a frantic romantic, a man who knows something about dancing and romancing. Hey, that is true. I have given out a rose and received a rose. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, here we are. He's got a, uh, a HD in life and love, and that's all we need, folks. And you have just finished, Jeremy, the first ever episode of this brand new show, The Bachelor, Listen to Your Heart. I want to get some impressions to start with. Is this a good show? It's hard to know. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be. It hasn't been anyone okay. I like yet. I guess we're into that. Yeah. <laughs> There's some people that maybe I'll warm to, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm casting the okay. line. Xavier, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, without giving away too much, I guess, um, I was writing an email to another potential guest, and I don't want to um, focus too much away from, from Jez, who we're very thrilled to have, but I was writing How an email to another <laughs> potential <laughs> guest, and I was kind of like summarizing the idea of the show to them and saying like look you are gonna have to probably watch a couple of episodes of this thing and unfortunately like every single person involved is a big fat phony and uh all of the music is trash (laughs) you know everything about it seems very artificial and uh quite uh you know sort of cynical and disgusting on some level um but you know I'm pretty optimistic about it, at least in terms of a spectacle. It is so far removed from the Australian Bachelor and particularly the New Zealand Bachelorette, which is the last like Bachelor Universe product that I enjoyed. Um, It's basically the polar opposite of that kind of thing. So I'm pretty excited to dig into it. Yeah, look, it needs a lot of setting up. We'll get there. I loved it. I thought like... (laughs) I, this might be my favorite Bachelor product yet. <laughs> like, the, the, the beautiful thing about it is that it removes the whole conceit of, like, who's here for the right reasons because there are no right reasons for this show. That's true. We're not going to have to worry about that because it's literally all artifice. Everyone is here to try to be famous. So this is the setting up. All right, let's do it now. The, um, the idea is that you get 20 people who want to be famous musicians but are also, hey, hot and single... You put them in a house and you see what happens. Right. It's like they're all looking for two things. They're all looking to fall deeply in love and Mm -hmm. they all want to share their passion for music with that special someone and also that special, extremely captive TV audience who absolutely don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems like what's happening here is they're trying to recreate A Star is Born in glorious 720p reality HGTV Literally, they say a star is born two different times in the opening sequence before we see two of the contestants on the show singing shallow from a star is born. Like Chris Harrison goes what like an aspirational objective. <laughs> Chris Harrison's opening lines are like, we hear at The Bachelor are all big fans of the movie A Star is Born. Watching Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's characters fall in love through their music was absolutely magical. And I don't remember the second half of the movie and I couldn't possibly tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, do you know, can you give me a quick, like, just even three word summary of how it ends? Happily Ever After would be fine. Love Springs Eternal. Look, I haven't seen it. Um, and that whole opening monologue of Chris as well I, I lost everything he was saying because he did this amazing pivot from one camera to a second camera on location oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a pro hey, he's a pro yeah, yeah. <sighs> if you're looking for um, a three-word summary i would say like um you know heart-wrenching tragedy um yeah maybe like succumbing to demons <laughs> um, maybe like Bradley's sad dog, if anyone remembers that crucial scene. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do it this way. Content warning, suicide. Sure. Yep. That's a, I mean, that's three words. And that basically sums it up. Uh, A grim end, but something to look forward to for all of these hot young Mm. singles. It's a show Mm. that is described as uh, the show that you love, but with a musical twist. They're trying to make it in the music industry and fall in love at the same time. Each week there will be romantic dates and rose ceremonies. And at least to begin with, it's Bachelor in Paradise format. So Mm. that means that uh, one week the men will be in charge of handing out the roses. The next week it will be the women. I have no idea how long it will stay that way. Like, does anyone have any idea how you possibly win this show? It seems to be from the previews that they've shown that there will be like a big sort of live concert spectacular at the end with celebrity judges, I guess. But 
I don't know if they're celebrities in the field of understanding what love means to people. <laughs> or like, because they're like, I think, I can't remember exactly who it is, but I think they're like songwriters, right? Who, you know, the mm, platonic mm. ideal of a songwriter is not only somebody who understands what it is to be a musician and what it means to like craft something meaningful, but also somebody who has some kind of insight into like, you know, uh, the human experience and, uh, you know, in, in terms of like a love song, like what a, what a relationship is like and what it means to love somebody. And what a Are these people feels like. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How heavy it is, whether or not you can bite into it with your teeth. One of the people who would know something about that is celebrity judge Jason Mraz, who I spotted in the preview. Right. There oh. it is. That's what right. you're looking for. Quick sidebar. I think Jason Mraz is responsible for some of the worst white man romance lyrics in all of music. You're telling anyone... me that when you hear the lyrics, skip it to beep up, ba doo ba doo doo, you don't immediately understand something really special about love? Yeah, Jess, do you have a favorite, uh, do you have a favorite Jason Mraz lyric? Oh, yeah. Um, it's hard to know where to start with Mr. A to Z. Um, <laughs> you know, I, no, I worked in CD stores for a long time back when CDs still existed. And, um, mm. you know, Mraz was on the, on the Stezza a lot, but like just pure background. So I couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you what he was doing. Okay. Look, uh, there's this line in his song Butterfly, which is on the same album that I'm Yours was on. Mm-hmm. Um, good album. And a good album. Look, mm. uh, and the song Butterfly, there's some there's some nice chords in it. I'm not gonna not gonna pretend that the man doesn't know his way around a major minor seven. Look, he goes, Doll, I need you. Pull your knee socks up. Let me feel you upside down. Slide in. Slide out. Slide over here. Climb into my mouth now, child. <laughs> Now, do Uh, you get the impression from that that he might be talking about something outside of like a purely romantic (laughs) spiritual connection? (laughs) It's very instruction heavy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The more imperatives that you can give. It's like the hokey pokey. (laughs) (laughs) If you just keep sliding, though, you're just going to go right off the dance floor. Yeah. You put your left foot in, and then you stop doing that, and then you come over here, and then upside down. Um. Before you know it, you've assembled an Ikea bed, so. <laughs> uh, also, Chris Harrison is here. I didn't expect this. He's the U.S. Batchy host, and I can't believe that they actually got him for this. I think I think it's to be expected. I think he's the one sort of underlying element that links this back in with. Oh, I say that, but also this is quite bachelory, you know. Um, yeah. I guess that that leads me to my main sort of takeaway from this first episode, which is that as much as we want to believe that it is uh, music focus and that you know these people are first and foremost musicians, I think what they are is first and foremost like reality TV hopefuls in the same way that everyone on Bachelor is. And totally. Um, I was reading uh, a bit of a synopsis of this first episode on Stereo Gum, which is just like a great music blog that I like. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it, but um, it, w- it was talking about how like music is an idea and, you know, es- essentially like it is the idea of music that underlies all of this thing more so than it is like anything specific about, um, you know, the world of music that I have come to know. The song that you sing in your heart. Mm. Hmm. It's more just like the kind of music 
like if you say that you're interested in music on your MySpace profile or whatever, <laughs> without really specifically committing to anything about it. Um, mm. It, it's the music is my life and music uh, maybe like the tinder profile thing or whatever is more more accurate in that sense but um i'm really excited to see whether the specifics can really come out um but i think at this point we're getting a pretty surface kind of glossy uh idea of um you know an interest in playing four chords on a guitar from most of these people right now well, hey, look, let's meet some of our prospective songwriters slash bachelors. Jeremy, from episode one, who really stood out to you? Who was your... Uh, let, let's firstly do this. Who's the best musician? Oh, okay. Great question. Um, obviously, it's Michael Todd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think Michael knows a hit. You know, yeah, well, he got that song in the, twice in the episode. What a genius! Right, right. So, so he has picked Elaine. Yeah, yep. exactly. I think, um, yep. and uh, you know, he may not be the most successful romantically, but I think what he has done is realized what his appeal is. He is, I think, most clearly, more clearly than anyone else, like playing a character, and he's worked out what right. His as far as one episode arcs go. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 This 100%. Um so his uh his one song is called Hot Touch. We will we will get there with Michael Todd. <laughs> mm. My favorite from the episode was our narrator Rudy. I think there's so mm. much to offer with mm. her. She comes from San Antonio. She says she's dated half of LA. I really like her. I like Rudy a lot. I'm also interested in Becca, um who is the musical theater kid. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that as an archetype is interesting and I'm curious to see if she will break that mold. Um, but even if she doesn't, like she's kind of guaranteed to be a very expressive person. Like in her intro packet, she, um, she's like motivating herself in the mirror and she's like doing vocal warm ups. And, um, I think on some level, the show wants us to think that she's not like a serious artist, like some of the other people are. Um, but I have a lot of ex- I have a lot of uh, respect for her in terms of her expressiveness. Now, when you say serious artist, I guess I'm talking about. I mean, where to begin? Maybe like Sheridan. <laughs> Sheridan strikes me as like a quote unquote serious artist in the sense that he is from Austin, Texas, and he commits to the Austin, Texas lifestyle because he has a lot of hats uh, and <laughs> and long hair. Uh, and you know, he, I don't know. I mean, who do, who do you think is the like most quote unquote serious artist here? Uh, I like, uh, the, the boy called Gabe who, uh, plays the cello, I believe. And also sings in a Christian group. He was ripping out four seasons for a second. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 It was good. He introduces himself as, as a big sports guy, which I think is an interesting, uh, wrinkle. Um, yeah. Former college football player. Right. Makes me think mm. of like a Troy Bolton type. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So we've got some real Troy vibes going on here and it could be the start of something new for him with uh, a number of the women. I think that uh, among the women, I like, I like Becca as a potential songwriter. I also like Brie. I think there's something to, to happen there. She wasn't much involved with the drama in the first episode, but mm. I think there's something to come. Sheridan, I do want to touch on. Uh, I'd love to get your impression, Jeremy. Just to, to cover off the basics, he has uh, long hair and a great big belt buckle. He has a Subaru Outback that he calls Sheila, uh, he and he describes her details to her of the car. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's yep. interesting because you immediately have a potential for a cheating scandal as soon as he makes a move on somebody. Sheila right. is <laughs> she's ferocious. Sheila's pissed. She's pissed. Yeah. Um, Look, man, eighty horsepower in that. The Subaru or a Subaru. The power of eighty horses. I mean, honestly, that is uh, somewhat realistic. I mean, not realistic in the sense that they actually have a romantic relationship, but in terms of, like, um, you know, rooting his uh, world of performance and songwriting in in terms of, like, he lives in his car most of the time and that kind of thing. Because a lot of them, you kind of get the impression that, like, oh, maybe they went to, like, a music school and now they're doing this. Or, you know, like, there's not a lot of actual specifics in terms of, like, what their performance life involves or what their recording history might be or whatever. Whereas him, like, you generally do get the impression that he has spent some time on the road, if nothing else. When was the last time you slept in a car? I mean, I want to know more, because obviously, like, Sheridan knows he's going to be on the show, so maybe he decides to craft an elaborate, like, kind of backstory, maybe a bit of a class tourism thing. I mean, a Subaru is a pretty nice car to live in if you're going to live in a car too. True. Like the last yep. car I slept in, I had like a 1988 Ford Fairmont at the time. You know, mm-hmm. large car, not luxurious. That Subaru is pretty nice. <laughs> Probably good uh, on the road, but maybe not good for the back, for the mm. spine, you know. The night before a Soundwave Festival in Brisbane, uh, I slept in a 2006 Hyundai Getz. Ooh, that is And tight. let me tell you... It was a tight squeeze. Mm. It was not anything that I would like to do ever, ever again. Um, however, uh, after that, I did sleep in a McDonald's. I distinctly um, so remember... I didn't learn my lesson for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just distinctly remembered something that I think I may have buried, which was mm. the night before I purchased my very first electric guitar. Um, it was at an Allen's Music or... No, you know what? It would have been a Billy, Billy Hyde before the two had combined. Um, Mm. they were having one of their sales, I think maybe a boxing day sale or something. And I was so excited to get a sweet bargain on an Epiphone dot, um, that I camped out the previous night Yeah, in my previous, in a friend's, uh, in the boot of a friend's car, which he had put a mattress in because he knew so many people who were queuing up to get in this like boxing day sale or whatever it was, um, that we were all kind of just taking shifts in the mattress. Oh my god! So I had a couple. Did you of all get sleep. your Epiphone dot? Well, I don't know how many Epiphone dots there were to go around, but I did get mine, and it lasted me a good few years before I broke it accidentally. <laughs> by, <laughs> I think the input is just busted. You know, it's probably still in my parents' house. I should call them. Dig that out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so some of the other people that we meet on this episode: Brandon from Louisville, Kentucky, 34 years old. He's an army veteran. Mm. He's well-styled. Hey, look, if uh, if things continue as they continue in these weird COVID times, he might be the next Bachelor. He no strikes knows. me... That's a good point. He strikes me as one of the other, like, big serious musician-type guys in mm. the sense that, like, he used to be a sniper and he says, like, music kept him alive after a long day of, like, shooting civilians in the Iraq War <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> hey, he's like, this oh is boy. the only thing getting me through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if you put some Enyron in the headphones, you can forget a lot of atrocities. <laughs> um, there's Savannah, 25, from Nashville. She's a yoga instructor like you, Jeremy. Mm. Well, Do you find something kindred with her? I mean, you know, I got to tell you guys, like I never handed in my assessment for my yoga teacher training, so I'm not officially qualified. I want to put that out there right now. 
Oh um, my god. <laughs> and without seeing the documents, we don't know if Savannah's officially qualified either. Um, it's true. But, you know, I think that that's a nice approach. What music will that generate? Well, what I've found in yoga is that um, a lot of music uh, ends up being, you know, spiritual. It doesn't have, maybe it has a chanting hook. That's Somewhat cool. backgroundy. Yeah, so we'll see what she brings to the equation there. Um, <laughs> She's an interesting character because she introduces herself as like a bit of a wild child, a bit of a free spirit. Yes. And she says, like, I want to connect, connect emotionally with someone who's available and that kind of thing. She doesn't really mention what her music background is. She talks about no, that's true. She's like seems like one of the more reality TV ish type of contestants here. Like she's like, my confidence is intimidating. I'm not here to play games. And also, like, are you here to play any kind of music? Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you here to play an instrument? Let's mm. find out. Yeah. Um, speaking of definite reality TV people, 29 year old Trevor, we got a hot guy with a dog. <laughs> Did he bring the dog? I'm gonna set the over under on how many Instagram followers Trevor has at 75,000, all right? And uh, Jeremy Xavier, I want you to guess over or under. I would say it's above that number. Okay. Yeah, I want to go above two, and I want to say it's 122,000. Woof. Okay, Xavier, what's your guess? I'm going to guess like in the two to 300,000 zone. 200,000 Instagram followers. Mm. Do you have this stat for us? I don't have it right off the top of my head. Oh. We're going to have to edit this out now that I sound like a dummy. But he has more than 200,000 at the time that I checked. Wow. Okay, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Now, the thing that really I have trouble with Trevor is that Trevor doesn't look like a Trevor. And it really throws me oh. off. Trevor. It's an incredible point. Yes. He looks like a Ryan, which is very confusing because there's a Ryan that doesn't look like Ryan. a Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something's <laughs> happened with the paperwork and they've been switched up by accident, I think. Oh, well, we've got to commit now. We've already called him Trevor. <laughs> right? Like, Trevor drives a tractor, yeah. you know? Big Trev. Ryan is a 200,000 Instagram follower kind of guy. Right. Mm. With the th perfect three-day stubble mm. and everything else that's going on there. Mm. He was on American Idol back in the day and Katy Perry called him so hot before saying that he wasn't that good of a singer. Well, he sounds like a perfect choice for this program. <laughs> um, well, I, so he sings a song. We'll get to the, what song he sings later. Mm. But the song that he sings, he is so out of tune for the first eight bars of this. Mm. Did anyone else notice that? I did. That it's picked, like, I picked up on that too. He's just in an entirely different key. It hurt my heart to hear this song. This beautiful song, just just massacred by a guy who was like, roughly, this is what it is. Mm. Up here, a bit sharp. Oh, no, no, we're all out now. Because yep. I would think that the, the promise of the premise of The Bachelor Presents, <laughs> Listen to Your Heart, is that yes. what we're going to get is a lot of these types of fucking weepy acoustic guitar ballads that you have to endure through the regular Bachelor, but somewhat more in tune and with like more like diminished sevenths and with more like dominant minors and that kind of thing than you would expect from like your lay person who enchants Sophie Monk with his three chord song or whatever, you know, <laughs> like you would hope that this group of people will do exactly that same type of shit, but just to a higher level of competency and to see them accidentally yes. like, you know, not quite making that connection uh, is, is pretty tough to deal with. 
It was the only time that it really happened. Jeremy. Hmm. Well, I got to say that, like, I actually, I have the ear of a non-musician, even though I am a musician, so I couldn't mm-hmm. tell he was out of tune. So I think there will still be a lot of people getting value out of this. I would, Because I, I was just like, with my plaid ears, I'm just like, oh, there's a guy singing a song. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a go. We know this song. See ya. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree, but I also have the ear of a hardened reality TV critic. <laughs> You've got a sniper ear. Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. My Much whole... like Luke, the, uh, what's his name? Nope, I've done it wrong. Brandon from no Kentucky. No one could know. No one could possibly tell you. <laughs> and finally we have Jamie, 21 years old, from Nashville, probably not from Nashville, um, who says that she's been on 100 dates and every guy that she's ever been with has cheated on her. Now, I, I don't understand. A hundred guys? That's All a bad statistic. Mm. Yeah. This is this is a bad strike rate. Mm. Um, she also she, mentions that music is her love language. Um, great. Which is great because somebody had to say it, I think. <laughs> and, uh, it's great that well, she gets to... Everybody said it, but they went with her edits. So. Right, one hundred percent. Maybe she just didn't say anything else. <laughs> yeah. I think it is pretty bonkers. Like it's it's crazy enough that regular Bachelor will cast people who are like twenty one, twenty two years of old uh, of age or whatever. But within yeah. this context, it's also like, is the point not to have people who? I mean, yes, there are the Billie Eilishes and Lords of the World who begin very early or whatever. But is the point mm. not to have people who have had some level of? real experience as a you want some bradley cooper aged people sure hey yes and yes lady gaga is younger than bradley cooper in the movie but still she's not (laughs) 21 as no uh jamie uh is a recent graduate of the berkeley college of music in boston so we know that she has some legitimate singing chops or at least we can assume we see her sing later in the episode i have no reason to doubt her ability yeah, she also has the like the rosiest cheeks of any person <laughs> that I've ever seen in this opening <laughs> sequence, which might just mean that she's using the blushiest blush. I don't really know, but she does become the focal point for most of the episode, and I think that she plays it super, super well. I think it is odd um, that towards the end of the episode, she is handed out to one of the men. Uh, she Her cheeks yeah. are broken into two pieces and given to one of the <laughs> successful uh, students. Will you accept these rosy cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamie is the first to arrive at the mansion before we then meet Ryan, 28, whose job is like opathetical technician or some shit. I couldn't read it properly. Um, I don't I don't really understand. His what job we'll is that. Charlie Puth doppelganger. <laughs> His Good. job is okay, Charlie Puth in person. cutie pie. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, and then we meet Matt, 32, with a beard. Matt has never seen The Bachelor. He doesn't know Chris Harrison's name. And he says that we are in for some good, clean, wholesome fun. Mm. Because to be, you have to be a nice person in order to be a musician. This is according to Matt. Now, <laughs> famously. Yeah. Who wants to take this one? Mm. Just ask. Get him, Zab. I don't know where to start. Just ask. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Jeremy, you're a very nice musician. You don't deliberately How throw shade well, at other musicians like I just did. I, <laughs> I play by the rules that Matt stipulated 
when music began and Matt said, this is the rules, if you want to be a musician, so I play by those rules. you got to be fucking nice. you got to be fucking and nice hey, or get out of the game. That's right. And you are, and you You've have been. been. Doing Congratulations very well so on far. being able to say that way. And Xavier, i got to tell you, get out of the I'm game. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably a great dude. <laughs> we hear again from Rosy Cheeks Blushy Blush Jamie, who says that she does not want any drama, which of course means that she will be at the center of all of the drama for this episode. Mm. So uh, not here for drama, Jamie and Ryan, the operatical technician, uh, who were the first two to enter the mansion, are also kind of the first two to hit it off. Jamie asks him, what's a good memory from when you were young and who would like to identify the red flag here? There's a lot of, there's a lot to, you know, break down here, but his, the memory is, for one, it's from when he is six years old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who um, has a memory from, well, like, does, do either of you have a memory from when you were six years old? A good memory from my past. Hmm, let me think. Let me reach back <laughs> at least two decades. <laughs> <laughs> but then the memory itself uh, is of him having a seizure and then undergoing brain surgery. That's and right. that's the good memory. It's a good memory. He says, I had a lot of seizures. Then I had brain surgery. It was awesome. What? <laughs> Maybe it is. We don't know. Uh, that surgery, you know, it might have flicked a switch because obviously he's very thankful for it. Yeah. Look, at, at six at six years old, he's like, you know, it changed my whole perspective on life. <laughs> I don't think I had a perspective on life at six years old. Mm. Like, if, if this is as he says it is... We are dealing with a special kind of person. I think what this like, might this be is someone is, who gets the human experience. This might be what we call a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, look, Ryan is absolutely contractually required to get this story out as soon as possible in the first episode. It's classic batchy, but even so, Jamie is somehow feeling it. She's like, mm, awesome, brain surgery, break me off a piece of that, you know? Um... Until hot guy with a dog, American Idol Trevor, walks in and we got ourselves the makings of a love triangle. I want to stop down here. At this point in the episode, who did you think that Jamie was going to go with, Trevor or Ryan? So at this point, I'm like, it's got to be the two who walked in earliest. You know, they coupled up with each other. They're roughly the same age. I do feel like Ryan is a cutie pie. He is a certified cutie pie. Yes. Right. I don't know what else either of them really have to offer at this point, but uh, I'm much more inclined to go with this, like, sort of teen idol-looking dude than the, uh, well, I guess, grown-up idol, American idol-looking <laughs> guy. Um, I have no reason to doubt that initial connection at this point. Mm-hmm. So there's one year of difference between them, and the only other difference that I can spot is that Trevor seems to have a beard. Right. Other than that, I think that they are the same man. Mm, Ryan's got the jazz background, though, so you know oh, he's going to yeah. know more chords. Mm. So if, if there's a chord <laughs> off, Trevor better run. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, most of the classic music movies that I've seen end in chord offs, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Maybe it comes down to how many chords Jamie knows. Because yeah. maybe she can outcord wow. the both of yeah. them and yeah. it doesn't even fucking matter. Totally. It's true. Yeah, this is it, you know. She's um she's here, she's feeling it, she doesn't know who to choose. Enter Rudy twenty four San Antonio, who Jamie dated a hundred people. 
Rudy dated all of L.A. Holy shit. Max, I know you've been to L.A. Jeremy, I feel like you've probably been to L.A. How many people would you say are there? Mm, well, it's got to be at least 100. We know. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was so it, distracted by all the court offs that were happening when I was there that I didn't really <laughs> count all the people. But there's got to be a few. Yeah, it's the court offs and then the um, uh, surprise ac- appendectomy that you enjoyed in Los Angeles, right? <laughs> yeah, true, actually. That was pretty defining. That was, I guess, if, <laughs> if I'd been asked that question as a... As an adult, I probably could have said that and then put a story to it. You know, it really changed the way um, I thought about getting travel insurance in that I had always God, previously right. gotten it. But now I had a story with why my rants to people to get it was justified. So, uh, so Rudy greets Chris Harrison by saying the man himself. And I'm like, she's normal. This is a fun person. Mm-hmm. I really liked her to start with. Um, I liked her actually all the way through. She hits it off with Matt, thirty-two from Connecticut with a beard. Um, yes. And then the last thing that we hear before we then do meet Michael Todd, thirty-one, <laughs> is Rudy saying, "I don't want to deal with any douchebags this season." She's like, "I really hope nobody's on the show to start drama. I hope there aren't any like obvious caricatures of a dickhead." On the show, I really hope nobody has uh, come here just to volunteer their very strange impression of some kind of singer from a different planet, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we quickly review this song, Hot Touch by Michael Todd? Oh. Okay, um, so I, I clipped yeah. it out, so I'm going to play it here um, for our listeners. Great. How about I'll hit you with uh, my original song? It's called Hot Touch. Hey, pretty baby, catch you looking at me. Catch you looking at this guy me. Imagination's running wild, you're driving me crazy. Yeah, alright. I appreciate it. I don't know what a hot touch is, and I I don't think I want one. Okay. So this is this is a somewhat chilling <laughs> rendition <laughs> of a song. Which uh none of us are familiar with. I feel like the song itself is like perfectly inoffensive in the, you know, blandest, most mediocre mediocre. Mediocre. Good. You're um, in Australia, you're a fucking ocker. <laughs> Thanks, Trev. Uh, You know, the song's fine. I think what really strikes me is his delivery um, and the fact that he kind of volunteers it uh, with with nobody really asking for that to happen. Uh, It's the definition of... That's the Punisher move, you know? It's like you get trapped in an elevator and somebody's already told you their life story and already sung you the first uh, three songs a cappella from their album. Yeah, yeah, for me, it just, like, it sounded like Jam Night at the Bondi Backpackers, you know? Right. There's only one conceivable way that this song is ever successful, and that is if it is released by Justin Timberlake. Like, sure, if it's somebody else, yeah. Nobody is... I was going to say, maybe if it's, like, a ringtone <laughs> and there's some kind of, like, animated a animal, frog. like, yeah, mascot or something <laughs> that is, like, wouldn't you believe a voice like that coming out of this type of creature? Yeah, and Hampton the hamster worked out exactly. is now. Hot touch the hamster. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's clearly, I think he's clearly playing a character, except we are forced yeah. to look at his stupid face while it's happening. Um, and yeah, it is a, a little bit exhausting. I'm, I'm, I'm not too upset that we're not spending the entire six episodes with him. But it is at this point that I'm realizing, like, the my favorite thing about every season of The Bachelorette 
is when some fame hungry man walks in with a singing voice and a guitar and just like really goes for it and is like, mm. I have no self awareness. This is yeah. my passion. Let's go. Yeah. That's a good point. He is the that guy of this series. Like within that environment, he manages to be the one who is, you know, it's weird enough when some dipshit pulls out an acoustic guitar and plays some stupid song that he's written. I've been that um, dipshit so many times. I do course. it regularly. We're chose. all that dipshit. We're all that dipshit. <laughs> right. Me too. It's true. Um, but you love to see it. But you we, truly we, love to see it. And none mm. of us have a song like Hot Touch. No, we, none of us true. have written a hot We're touch. Trying, That's true. But we can't get there. <laughs> Honestly, he is such a clear communicator within that moment. Right. And what he is communicating may not be exactly what any of us or indeed <laughs> any of the people on the show are looking for. But you have to appreciate the fact that his songwriting ability has enabled him to really cut to the quick. Yeah. Mm. It's like Waboom on a certain level. Don't it you is. Think? It's like Waboom. I think he's doing Waboom. <laughs> Um, uh, Jeremy, so uh, Wah Boom the Musical Oh my god, I can't wait, I want to see it There's this man on uh, a prior US season of The Bachelor And he introduces, his name's Lucas, but he introduces himself as Wah Boom And his catchphrase is Wah Boom And he sort of like, he just winds up in order to do his Wah Boom And then he really physically delivers it like it is, yeah. um, like it is musical theatre He is... Um, a marketing exercise with legs. Is it a you Mark know, Holden touchdown kind of style? Legit. Gimmick? It's Mark Holden yeah. touchdown, except with t-shirts. It's the hot touchdown. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so next this man, Michael Todd, beatboxes for Savannah Wild Child oh, Yoga It's all teacher. in the clip, Max. We've got this all in the clip. Great, great. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to hit me with your best beatbox? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like. I like. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, right? Yeah. I like your lips. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> it. A lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. You don't like my lips? Your <laughs> lips are great. Yeah. It's night one, and I've already had to dodge a kiss. Tears the lips. It's not even night one. Like, we're in hour one. It's so look, you can see here that Savannah is so not interested. Like he makes her uncomfortable and obviously he deserves to be portrayed like a, a waboom level douchebag sure. for this, but like God, I love to see it. He has really distilled uh his entire like everything he could come up with in the six months, you know, in the time between him being cast to be on this show and him appearing at the gates and stepping out of the limo. Yes. Every idea that he thought of during that time comes out within the, like, two minutes that he has on screen. Right, and he distilled it in, into two words, which are hot touch. Right. <laughs> and we can't stop uh, talking about it, so <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'll buy the single. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's this, now this voiceover where um, one of the men describes all of the other men based on what musical genres they fit into. Like, sure. he's like... There's some pop guys, there's some singer-songwriters, there's an alternative guy because he's wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeremy, I'm just kind of wondering what you think has happened to some of our other favourite genres here. Like, where is, um, where is the street vagrant? Where is uh, the dollway frontman? Uh, Scandinavian <laughs> heavy metal? 
What's happened to these people? Yeah, a lot of people haven't made the cut, and I don't know why. I don't know if they're right? going to be intruders. I think that could be the thing that mixes it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you've played with these starter genres, but now how are you going to deal with the real genre? Right? Yeah. And a comedy yeah. rock guy comes in there. You know? It's like, yes. And it's actually Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so. here comes Third Wave Scar down the fucking avenue. Aaron Barrett's like, chip, chip, chip. Look, what about, uh, hey, I'll throw this one out there hip hop. Uh, yeah, interestingly mm. underrepresented. The biggest well, genre in the world. A somewhat popular genre. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Todd's given us the beatbox, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. true. He's laid the foundation. Mm. I honestly feel like representation is so important in media these days, and it's so great to have somebody like him really coming through <laughs> for, like, the population of people who are interested in hip-hop music. Yeah, yeah, it's great for him and great for all of the modern-day poets out there, you know? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, so I think everyone has basically arrived at this point Yeah, right? yeah, this is what happens Chris Harrison welcomes everyone to the mansion They break off into their separate rooms Everyone's sleeping dormitory style in bunk beds And they and say, then, there's a line where they're like This is, I cannot believe that this Like, we're living in this palace It's the most romantic place I've ever seen <laughs> By the way, you're all sleeping single beds on top of each other like, Oh, it's so good. And then something that we've never seen before, um, which I thought was pretty cool. It was first impressions from both the men and the women of each other on The Bachelor. Like, this hasn't happened on this show. Like, these people have never met each other, which makes this new and interesting. The women are talking about Brandon, 34 Kentucky Army veteran. So the one thing that I think that you missed at this point is Chris Harrison, when he's gathering everyone together in one room... He is encouraging them and he is sort of rallying the troops and he tells them to think about the really iconic couples in music. Oh, my God. Um, for example, James Taylor and Carly Simon. Divorced. Famously divorced in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Beyonce and Jay-Z. Who Has anyone seen that Elevator video? I don't know if I heard an album about some kind of like soft drink, like a citrus flavor product <laughs> or something. But I mean, like, you know, yes, they are they are still together, but also, like, it's one of the most famous, like, public infidelity scams in the last <laughs> decade, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you could aspire to this level of, like, romance and, uh, you know, like, this kind of couple. A hundred guys have cheated yeah. on you, but we're going to make it a hundred and one. Yeah. Like, but one uh, of Jesse- the guys who cheated on you could be Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> You could be like Jessica Simpson and John Mayer, or Katy Perry and John Mayer, right? <laughs> or Taylor Swift and John Mayer. Sure, yeah. <laughs> they would never slander John Mayer's name like that in this program. He is a saint. He is a deity. So we move forward to establish who has a crush on whom. There are so many names, you don't need to remember any of them. The only ones you need to know, there's this love triangle between... Uh, no drama, Jamie. Um, mm. Optical telepathon, Ryan twenty eight, <laughs> and uh, hot dog, American Idol, Instagram, Katy Perry, Trevor. Mm. So there's that, and then also there's this polygon between Julia, who we haven't met yet, but I'm assured is hot property, and then like three or four other dudes whose names have not been 
not been thrown out there. There's a lot of people kind of being swept under the rug, which is kind of crazy yeah. for a show that's going to last six episodes. Mm. Right. Now, Julia seems like a legend. Like, she's 27. She has dealt with cystic fibrosis when she was younger. She runs a not-for-profit. I just, like, I think she kind of rules. Yeah. Mm. Early favorite. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. Um, it's it, Again, it's that batchy thing of, like, she says her biggest trauma at the first given opportunity. Right. And I am definitely now, like, half expecting every person here to turn around by the end of the episode and be like... I'm so happy to be here because when I was seven, I almost died in a horrific bird attack. (laughs) Which could still come. Uh, The birds are always watching, and that's why we're thankful Brandon is in the mix to snipe the birds before they make it to the mansion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Hot Property Julia and uh, Station Wagon Hat Wearing Car Sleep and Sheridan (laughs) have a great chat. But then uh, Brandon, 34 Kentucky, whisks her away. And before you know it, it's the two of them that are smooching up a storm. This was unexpected to me. I thought mm. that Sheridan was really in with a good shot. And then all of a sudden it was, all, it was Brandon time. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's um, quite a bit of... I mean, like, the focus is really on mingling at this point. And yeah. it reminds me a lot of Bachelor in Paradise. And it's just like... It's just like one long cocktail party. And I feel like this kind of typifies the entire episode of the show. It's like once everyone's there, then like, you know, look around. We've got a pool. We've got a hot tub. We've got fireplaces. Like, what are we supposed to do? I think that all seasons of The Bachelor could be improved with a hot tub. That's true. Mm. Put one in, bros. Mm. Uh, So next we have normal Rudy and uh, never watch Bachelor Matt. And they are headed straight for the hot tub. Uh, so they're headed there. And then we see Hot Touch Michael Todd try to convince a woman named Bree from Utah to join him in the tub. And she literally runs away trying to find a toilet, presumably to vom into, because that's what I would do. 100%. <laughs> yeah. That was a great getaway. Um, Michael mm. Todd is not picking up any hints that his strategy is not working. <laughs> so... Good move. This is probably the culmination of like 45 minutes of her trying to leave. And she's like, no, seriously, really bad diarrhea. My butthole is just on fire right now. It's leaking. Like you do not want to engage with this right now. Have you seen the show Hot Ones? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So uh, Matt now tries to talk Rudy into a kiss in the hot tub. And she doesn't want to. She's like, look, you know, let's save it. Uh, let's wait here, which is 100% her prerogative. She holds her ground. And then my favorite thing that can happen on The Bachelor happens, which is when a hot guy gets emotionally confused. Mm. <laughs> Take us through it. Like, he's like, I just, I just don't know what to make of this now because I said we should kiss. And she was like, I like you, but let's not kiss. So uh, it's like, has nobody told him no before? <laughs> I'm thinking she said that she likes me and then she also said that she doesn't want to kiss and I'm trying to put these things together and I do not understand what's happening <laughs> on the other end of it. Now, uh, Jamie, not here for drama, and Ryan, 28, osmeopathical technician hookup, um, which actually came as a surprise to me. Like, uh, I know you were saying, Zave, that you were like, Ryan's the guy, hmm. he's the fella that we're going to go with, but I thought that she was so into Instagram Trevor. Um, it's probably the beard. It's the beard. It's, it, mm. Yeah. Um, and we see, uh, after they hook up, we see Ryan celebrate with some time at the piano. Oh, yeah. And we hear Julia, 27, not-for-profit, hot property, describe him as wildly talented. 
The is thing he is, Stand By Me. He is playing four entire chords. <laughs> and not a lot of people can do that. A lot of people would stop at two or three. And, like, that's great for a lot of musicians. And, hey. like, the Ramones have made a great career out of it. Hey, man, you got four chords, you got a tour. It's true. Yeah, you got four chords, you got three more than you need, you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. This is uh this is where I think music is heading is just the um, monochordal <laughs> movement. Mm. Tenacious D have a great one note song, right? <laughs> <laughs> is it Lee 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 Lee? <laughs> no, no, they have a song where it's literally uh, I don't know. Listen to the debut Tenacious D album. I'll stand on this soapbox forever. Yeah, oh, listen okay. to episode two when Jack Black crashes the mansion and performs it for us. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. So we hear, uh, we now hear Ryan say, it's great, I love it here. And while he's saying this, we then cut to footage of Jamie, I might remind you, not here for drama, mm. just hooked up with Ryan, now sneaking off to the hot tub for some kisses with hot Instagram Trevor. And right, and, and Jamie also, just if, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, is the one who mm. has um, been cheated on by everyone she's ever dated. Mm, that's her. That's yeah. correct. Not to level any kind of criticism towards no, 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 her no, no, or anything that. like that, but, uh, you know, it's just interesting, isn't it? Not here on the BOH pod. No. Uh, so it's now uh, date time, date card time. It's the next day, and, of course, it goes to Ryan, 28, osteoarthritic television, who... <laughs> Is wearing horn rim glasses and this olive green corduroy hoodie. Like, I think it's a good look for him. He's doing well. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, he whisks up not here for drama, Jamie, like she's a raw egg, much <laughs> to the chagrin of Instagram Katy Perry Trevor. Right. Drama. The date is this. We're going to Capitol Records in L.A. to cover a John Mayer song with a <laughs> Grammy-nominated producer... Who has worked with John Mayer, as well as Jason Mraz, aforementioned, and Dave Matthews, not aforementioned, thank God. Amazing. Okay, um, so I did a little bit of research on John Alagea, I believe Uh that's how you pronounce it, I'm probably wrong. Um, And I was kind of impressed by what I found, because I was like, I don't, you know, we're coming into this series kind of fresh, and I don't really know what the level of pedigree is going to be with the quote-unquote celebrity guests and quote-unquote like music industry people that they're going to get involved sure. will be. I was pretty impressed. He um, mixed Ben Folds 5's Underground, which is a no. song that I really love. Um, he worked on Liz Fair's like, big pop mo- makeover that she did in the early 2000s, which I thought yep. was really cool. Right. Uh, and most importantly, he mixed the Shrek 2 oh. original soundtrack. <laughs> out. So if you enjoyed that film and you thought, you know, the levels... Uh, not disrupting the flow of the, yeah. uh, you know, the plot and story and that kind of thing. And they weren't. Probably thanks to this guy. That's it, you know? Yeah, I can hear the bass. I'm not distracted by it. That's good. Things are fucking masterpiece. I needed a hero and I was delivered one. Wow. Accidentally in love. Yeah. Right. It's a beautiful Counting Crow mm. song. I remember yeah. I took a, I faked sick for a day of school in year eight so that I could try and learn that song on guitar. Oh, beautiful song. I don't think I mastered it, but, uh, you know, it's it's a lovely, lovely Counting Crows song. There is that so the one with them. a lot of eels, or is that the first Shrek movie? The first Shrek movie has a lot of eels. Right, okay. Yeah, My Beloved Monster. Yes, that's yes. what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, so we are at this point like a Jack Johnson song away from a cover set at a local cafe. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, but uh, we're here to cover Gravity. I love um, that the date is like, um, you're going to work. Like, what you do for work <laughs> is be musicians. And right now, like, 
we need you to step into the studio, basically not spend any time talking to each other or anything like that. It's the same thing as when they go on Bachelor and they're both in, like, separate aeroplanes or whatever. Right, right, yeah. The, the classic separate aeroplane date. And yes. here's Frank Sinatra's microphones. Deal with <laughs> it. And Frank's going to be pissed. If Frank is watching, he is going to be rogue all about this. That is... Yeah, if Frank is listening to the podcast, bro, I'm so sorry. That's oh, shit. Yeah, because we are using his microphones to record as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's famously not a chill dude. Uh, so do we know this on Gravity? Of course. Mm. Of course. Okay. Uh, if you don't, and you haven't watched the show, Ultimate 21st Century Blue-Eyed Soul Song, there's like beautiful chord voicings. There's this fun thing where he turns the one chord into a minor chord. Uh, break some songwriting rules. It's good. And then, like, guess what? Please make welcome a very special guest, Michael Chavez, who was John Mayer's touring guitarist from 2001 to 2004. Right. The golden Because years. the guitar, I would say, and, 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 you know, I'm not the John fan that I think you are, Max, but I would say probably the defining element... I mean, John Mayer has a good voice, but when yes. I think about John Mayer, I think about those noodly guitar parts probably more so than that, right? He has a defining guitar tone more than he has a defining voice, I mm. think. So um, it's good to have that replicated, but it's also like, I remember when they're recording the actual song together, there's at least 45 seconds of them literally just kind of standing near each other, like tapping their thigh and like tapping their toe, waiting for the vocals <laughs> to come in as the guitar has a solo up top. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mm, gotta respect those clean tones. Should we stop down here for a John chat? John chat. Okay, sure. Yeah, a bit of John. Um, I think he's so polarizing, and I think he's so interesting. Uh, Jeremy, are you a John stan? How do you feel about John Mayer? I don't know a lot about John. Um, I just uh, had been sent a few videos over the years where he kind of gets lost in the moment of a guitar solo. Yeah. Which I find is such yeah. a funny, that's a funny concept to me. <laughs> When you when you, yes. when you could get lost in music, like uh, oh my god, <laughs> when you're not concentrating, <laughs> so right as someone who's so anxious about trying not to fuck everything up all the time, <laughs> I'll enjoy the show after the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. At the moment, I'm panicking. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, so that's the thing about it. Like, yeah, the thing about him is is like I. This is the first artist where I was really like, I was 12 years old and I was like, whoa, this dude gets it. Like, he knows how to do it. But at the same time, I was 12 years old and the emotional stuntedness that I felt as a 12 year old can't be the same emotional stuntedness that you put on record, mm. right? There's and you would hope so maybe the way that it resonates, I mean, maybe they're just kind of feeling nostalgic or something like that, but you would hope that maybe the way that it resonates with a 12 year old is not necessarily the same thing that's going to resonate with these like experienced musician, late twenties kind of people. Right. You know, and like the, the complexity of it is, is that he's an entry point into so much cool music. Like he's worked with everyone on the sun from like blues legends through to Travis Scott. But at a certain point, you know, we cross this threshold into like every lonely uni jazz boy with a limited emotional vocabulary who has just started trying to write John Mayer songs and I don't understand it. Mm. It is like it's like I think his music generally holds up on a on a somewhat like surface level or something but also like as the uh thing that is going to unite people you would hope that it would be something a little more specific and a little more a little less general. Um, yeah. It's kind of like 
I mean, they probably couldn't pay for the rights to like Beatles songs or whatever. But like, <laughs> if you had them go into a studio and be like, you know, we're gonna work on a cover of Hey Jude, yeah, and it's like, me love, let's go. Right. So it's like, of course, like if you have a music background, if you're interested in like any kind of pop music or whatever, you're gonna have a level of respect for those songs and. Mm. Um, you know, you will be able to connect on a very uh, basic level there. But I think what was curious to me about it was that um, I know a lot of people who are, who are interested in John Mayer and who have had a John Mayer phase in their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe the John Mayer phase is still going. Um, and I don't want to diminish it by calling it a phase necessarily. But um, it does seem hey to man, be... Hey, Mayer is life. Well, I mean, you know, there are probably a lot of people listening who feel that way, and I don't want to make them feel like shit feeling that way because music taste is very subjective, and I don't want to shit on it. But what you're saying but, is the use of that particular song, the use of gravity, because it's so mm-hmm. widespread, is only one step above them connecting over the song "Happy Birthday." So it's like, Fucking oh, kind I of. heard that song yeah. so many times in my life, and it really right. resonates with me every once a year at least. So. <laughs> 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 when I hear that song, it's just like, oh, I'm just having such a great day. Like that whole 24 hour period is just going to be like yeah. really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, watching these beautiful fledglings cover John Mayer for me was like, oh, this man just wants to be John Mayer. You know, like I hadn't yeah. quite like Ryan 28 omniscient telephone realized that in your beautiful corduroy hoodie and your horn rim glasses were John Mayer. I'm know? trying to separate him from what I know about John Mayer, which right. is not everything. And I'm like, I'm not given that much else to work with here. And it's 100%. so important to him that he does a good job of being John Mayer. And it works. He does what he wants to do, but I'm not left with that much outside of that. Yeah. like, And it's at this point in the episode that he says uh, something that was so surprising to me. He says... I grew up idolizing John Mayer. It's That's like, no fucking shock. shit, John Mayer Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, one thing, if I can offer a criticism, because I think, generally speaking, they do a really good job. They're both yeah, good singers. Totally. They're yes. very talented. He changes the key. Offer... <laughs> he changes the key. He transposes. That's a great thing. And he does it because she requested it, and she said that it was out of his... Uh, uh, out of, out her, of range. her range, sorry. Yeah, which is fantastic and a very compassionate thing that you can do for another person. Yep, and it's probably the most date-like thing that happens there. But there's one like really crucial element that's missing, and it's present in the original song, and it really bugged me. For some reason, they don't sing together at any point. Yeah, what the fuck's with this? Mm. Why aren't they doing harmonies? That's I like wanted the some point. harmonies, not yes. just of this song, but of the show, mm. like. Yep. It is such a clear, like, metaphor of yeah. two people singing together and their voices go together well, and we all go, well, these people should be in love and end up together. And yeah. they just don't even try. They don't do it, you know? And it, maybe it's like, I think that watching them arrange the song is really cool, the way that they, like, he takes the lead, and then she's like, no, no, it's the wrong key, do this. And then they, like, transpose it all together. For me, it's like, between that and the other thing that she says, which is... um. Oh, she's used to singing country pop, and this isn't a country pop song? Bullshit. Uh, basically, yeah. Mm. You, like, okay, okay. Um, here's, a, here's a guitar. You can hear this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, gravity. Okay. Gravity is working against me. Wait a second. This is not the same song. Wait. Hang on. Slow down. Gravity 
You know what I mean? No, he may. Wants to bring me down. Zave, what do you got for me? <laughs> I was in the wrong key. I fucked up. <laughs> uh, um, do you know what? But they do a really good job of it. Yeah. Sure. Yes. At the end, at the end of the day, like these people are, have nice voices and they sing a nice song. And frankly, like if I'm gonna be like incredibly honest about it, the thing that it is lacking is the same thing that the original thing is lacking for me. Yes. You know. Yes. And it's not. I don't think it's bad by any stretch. But I'm just like, okay, give me a little bit of like real uh, meaning. Yeah, they're being true you know? to the source. And, you know, the other thing is maybe it's like an early symbol, like a symbolic thing where it's like we're two strong individuals, but later on we'll yeah. come together and sing, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I like that very much. So back at the mansion, we hear uh, that Instagram dog Trevor uh, has decided to explain to the camera that because the clue on this week's date was choose someone who makes your heart sing that this probably means that Ryan and Jamie, the other two thirds of his, of his love triangle might be on some sort of single date with a singing element on the television show, the bachelor listen to your heart on which every contestant is a musician. Uh, I didn't pick up on that. Like a single date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The way that this hound dog is sniffing out clues, like not only does he have a uh, a future as a detective, he's also got a, a future as an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Maybe that's his thing. Yeah, yeah. But let's not stop because there's another date card, and it's for Matt, 32, never seen The Bachelor, with a beard, who tried to kiss Rudy in the spa last night. Mm. And he picks up the card and he's like, I don't understand. What does it mean? <laughs> what does this symbolize? What could it be? He tries to eat it. So first he takes aside Mel, 27, waitress from Brooklyn. And then he grabs Rudy from before. And uh, he comes back to the group and he's like, uh, yeah, a message to you, Rudy. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm choosing Mel. <laughs> and Rudy's pissed, you know, like uh, rightfully so. I think the show is trying to tell us that this sucks from Matt. Like Rudy didn't kiss him in the hot tub. And she said, I like you, but let's wait. Uh, so he took some other girl on a date because he literally has never seen this show before and he has no idea how bad this will be for him. I don't know how they find people who haven't seen any Bachelor shows before, but it seems to happen every time and they're like, I'm just doing me. I don't realize the consequences of my actions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just seeing it like, stop you messing around, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, uh, we're back on our uh, John Mayer's John Mayer date, and they're now recording their duet of the song "Gravity." Like you said, Zave, I wanted to hear some harmonies. They had super ni- nice voices, and uh, the other thing that I noticed is that John Mayer Jr. Ryan is clearly in love with this date where he cosplays as John Mayer. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful. Like he gets to play John Mayer's guitar uh, as. Uh, Someone, he says that he grew up idolizing John Mayer. He gets to have this experience. It doesn't matter if Jamie's there or not. You know, good for him. Nice. He could go home this week. It wouldn't fucking matter. 100%. You know, and he nearly did. No spoilers. Date ends with them kissing on the rooftop of Capitol Records. I mean, we've all done that, right? Nothing says romance like visiting a record label. (laughs) And somebody who works at a record (laughs) label. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, now, look, Jeremy, it's not lost on me that you and I have uh, also performed a musical duet together once before. Yes. I have uh, vivid memories one night in Brisbane of the two of us singing Dave Dobbins' Slice of Heaven. <laughs> Truly a romantic song. Oh, crikey. Uh, and I guess my first question is just where did it go wrong with us? Well, I don't think it did go wrong. I think it's, we're still on that journey, you know what I mean? We're just, You're right. It's You're a right. many-season arc. Um, and that's got more weight to it when it comes around, I think. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hang in there. Because Thank you so we'll much. We'll be bar, bar, bar <laughs> yeah, think... again soon. Because the, yeah. if there's one fault, and I don't want to fault the show, but if there's one fault of The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart that may have emerged at this point is that a six-episode run is not, like, an incredibly long period of time, mm. and it doesn't necessarily allow for every nuance of human emotion as well yeah. as performance and, you know, the growth of a project over time and that sort of thing. And when John well, sure, Mayer's sure. got 25% of their time, you know, it doesn't leave a lot for character development. <laughs> sure. That's what it. are you going to do? Yeah. No character development, none of the ba 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 It's beautiful, you know? Listen, who uh who could ever deny the romance in the uh in the percussiveness of that vocal part? It's a beautiful part. It's a beautiful mm. film clip too. Not to derail things, it's just <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> it's so good. He is just like uh I mean, was he a one-hit wonder? Is that what you, is that what you call I him? I don't think, for our New Zealand listeners, I don't think you're allowed to say that. Um, mm. But um, as far as Australia may be concerned, potentially. That's true. Okay, so uh, we see Bree and Chris back at the mansion. I don't know who these people are, uh, but yeah, they I like each know. other. And I think that we'll see them a lot over this six-episode arc. And what I did like about them is that Chris is like, hey, I haven't heard you sing yet which is the thing that really made me notice like all of the interstitial footage that we're seeing so far is of, I don't know, just like dudes playing their guitar rather than other musically talented people. Like there's a dude who plays the cello. There are women who can fucking play the piano and sing. And we Mm. haven't seen any of them yet, but we sure have seen a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault hot touch. It's a classic. Mm. I will say that it's interesting. Obviously, because this is a mansion that is specifically set aside for Listen to Your Heart. It's yes. not the same Bachelor mansion that they use for Bachelor or Bachelorette US. And Got a so, hot tub. Right, it has a, it has a hot tub. But it also, I mean, it has several romantic elements, like pictures of quavers on the wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it has... Notice that. There are instruments scattered around. There are plenty of acoustic guitars, it seems, and plenty of pianos, I guess. But interestingly, like some of them... Uh, picked because they have musical talents like playing cello. Um, I didn't see a cello. I was looking mm. around in the background of shots, like, because, you know, the, the type seems to be like the singer-songwriter within a mm. maybe five or six genre sort of spectrum or whatever. Um, someone who is the lead of their own, you know, uh, group or whatever, and not somebody Project, who, like... sure. Right, not somebody who plays, like, clarinet in a string orchestra or something like that. But, yeah, it's it's just an interesting, like, bias in the sense that, like... You know, it is interesting that we are seeing the world of musically gifted reality TV people. That is a, a subset or a subgenre that has not really been explored. But then also within that subgenre, we are narrowing it down. And there are a so- certain handful of character types, for example, like the musical theater person or whatever, like Becca. who are being singled out as those types. And we're not really interested in exploring what the world is like outside of those people. All instruments deserve love. 
this is it, you know? And that's why uh, I'm the boy who lives across the road from me has been practicing uh, his trombone. I would say, I would dare on say nonstop during, uh, during this self-isolation period. Of There's COVID. no better time. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing this beautiful thing where he's been mixing the last post, lest we forget, into uh, Havana by Camille Cabello. Whoa. <laughs> trombone mash. Two songs which are destined fire. to go together. <laughs> <laughs> they shall not grow old, na 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 na, as weed to the left grow, and grow old, na 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 na. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so now we cut to the day between uh, Never Seen the Bachelor, Matt, and waitress Michelle Brooklyn. So this is the woman that he took on the date instead of Rudy. So they sit in someone's backyard and they see an acoustic set from the Plain White Tees. Who remembers this band? Well, we all remember this band. Yes. Yeah. This is interesting because I was not aware that this band was still around in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. Um but what I think is curious is that, like, I think it is un—it is not unfair to typify them as a one-hit wonder. They're a band who had one incredibly successful song uh, called Hey There Delilah, which I think most people listening would remember. And what they don't do is play Hey There Delilah. And on one level, I understand, because it's like, okay, that song is from, like, over 10 years ago. Maybe they're sick of playing it, and they probably don't want to just, like... Maybe they've got some new material that they want to plug, and they want to remind everyone, like, hey, it's 2020, hey there, Del- I mean, playing White Tees, we're still together, and we've still got new stuff or whatever. But yeah, what the they... bands changed their name to Hey There Delilah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what they do is instead of playing some of the new shit, which I'm sure is wonderful... Instead, they play a song from, like, one or two years after Hey There, Delilah, which is called Rhythm of Love, which is, mm-hmm. like, their second or third biggest song or something, in the you know, which is to say, like, it doesn't exist. I understand them not playing the big hit, but I'm like, what is going on? Nobody has any... Like, this song means nothing to anyone. Why didn't they just play something new? Now, I have some news about this. Because... That song has become a huge TikTok hit in the last 12 months. Really? Yes. Yes. So, continuing the tradition of acts like Train and Uncle Cracker, who had early hits and then came back (laughs) much later. Hey, you don't have to tell me about Train and Uncle Cracker. There's two bands that have stood the test of time, baby. So, this this Playing White white Tees thing is a uh, TikTok meme now. Where you try and like the song has like a one, two, three, four part in it. Um, oh. And so you try and draw the number one, two, three, four with your nose. Oh. Oh. See, I'm into TikTok. Into TikTok. Famously very cool and young. <laughs> <laughs> and yet this has been lost on me and I'm mortified to be outed in this way. Oh my goodness. Okay, so uh, we then hear Rudy see, uh, singing a breakup song. This is the first time that we've heard Rudy doing much of anything musically, and I thought that she had a beautiful voice. I just wanted, didn't want us to miss out on the greatest quote of the entire episode, which is when Matt says, It's the plain white tees. I am absolutely mind blown. <laughs> 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 How did they get the tease? <laughs> I mean, there are so many bands that like it's Anne Boleyn. I am absolutely mind blown. You know? 
It's uh, Hampton and the Hamsters. Uh, <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, uh, mm, so Rudy sings her sad song, uh, presumably about Matt, and now it is time for a cocktail party. Chris Harrison arrives and says that he feels the gravity in the room, uh, Lumtish. Mm, I remember. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, there are a few of these in this episode. Um, there was one earlier where uh, Jamie was like, yeah, I hopped off the plane at LAX. <laughs> and she like, didn't see the rest you. of it. I know. I see you. Come on. And then there's like, there's a real John Mayer one later as oh, well. Yeah. That some, oh, yeah. Someone's a John Mayer fan. Um, so, uh, I love, like, by the way, Harrison, that this is yeah. the first cocktail party. And the way that it is distinguished from the rest of the proceedings couldn't possibly tell you i have no idea no no we had there's no distinguishing Mm -mm. at this point no like Um, slightly different makeup i guess maybe slightly more formal clothes different dresses Mm. yeah chris is here and he says to instagram trevor how you feeling and instagram trevor really takes this opportunity to just like lay the guilt on thick it's awful he says Mm. uh look you know i spent all my time with jamie and uh I don't know how she feels. And it, he does it in front of the whole group. Mm. How put on the spot would you feel? Rough. Mm. Very rough. So we learn after passing Brandon 34 Kentucky on night one, but establishing a connection with, uh, what was his name? Sheridan with all the rings on his fingers. Nashville, Sheridan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now not-for-profit Julia is also connecting with a bald man whose name I have not written down. I had a look and his name is Josh. It is Josh. Josh. And this gives the best quote ever as well. It was like, what does he say? He's bald. He's good looking. How am I going to He's ripped, I believe. (laughs) He's ripped. Yeah, he's ripped. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's the trifecta. He's got it all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's all abs. He's no hair. Nothing getting in the way. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so strategically, he's like, well, I mean, I know you've been uh, hanging out with Josh and I feel happy for you guys. But just so you know, I have started writing a song. Yeah, this is fun. Like, so he pulls Julia away from the bald man, which, by the way, like, um, it sounds like Australia's hottest new radio tour. <laughs> You're like, uh, Julia and the bald man driving you home. <laughs> and like, they're making out. Oh, fully. Oh, yeah. That was the worst. That was so hard to deal with, that, that intrusion. It, oh. <sighs> the intrusion was so rough because Sheridan kind of comes up to them and they're like in each other's mouths. Yep. And he's like, uh, look, I've got something that I've pre-planned for you. And she's like, Oh, I guess that I have to leave this man now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, ha- and sh- I have a clip of this song if we want to listen to it. Yeah, mm. look, uh, I think that we should uh, put this song on now because Sheridan, who looks like, I would say, um, Lumberjack Isaac Hansen. Yes. Takes, yes. takes non-for-profit Julia aside to play her this song that he has written. This was unexpected. This was a surprise Would have thought I saw you coming Would have thought I'd realize Oh, oh, oh Cause I've seen love come and go Oh, oh, oh So the next time I gotta know Oh, oh, oh Are you living in the past? 
this will last. You liked it? Yes, that was so amazing. Okay. Now, she describes this song as amazing. Mm. I would describe this song as pretty fine. Thoughts here? Like, there's a fun little turnaround. Mm, mediocre know. sprung to mind. Um, yes. Yeah. Completely serviceable. Totally fine. And I'm like, okay, he's trying. And maybe it's just um, Stockholm Syndrome in terms of, like, we have seen so many of these fucking weepy acoustic guitar ballads in Bachelor mm. that have been a lot worse. Yes. And I'm just like... Okay, sure. Yeah. Yep. Here it is. They kiss. We move on. And so beautiful Rube Matt is suddenly not vibing with waitress Miss Michelle. And so beautiful Rube Matt is suddenly not vibing with waitress Michelle, despite all of the magic of the plain white tees and their TikTok meme. (laughs) And now he must crawl his way back to a message to you, Rudy, because... He has never seen this show before, and he has no idea how much he has fucked up. Yeah. So, this is a massacre. Like, if uh, this is the this is the principal reason. I mean, if you've never seen the show before, there's no reason that you're listening to this podcast. So it is uh, <laughs> a completely moot point. But, like, do your research. Oh. You know what I mean? If you've never seen The yeah. Bachelor, and you're on The Bachelor, watch The Bachelor. And also yeah, his line. He comes in and he's like, "Yes, you look uh." So good. <laughs> you look, uh, pause, adjective, what means good? Good. <laughs> and Rudy, like, tears into math. Right, fuck yeah. So she dresses him down, and not in the good way. And the, the cool thing here is that he just doesn't expect it. Like, he looks like a brim flopping on the hull of a boat. Like, he's just been reeled in, and he's like, oh, fuck, what have I done? You know, like, Actions have consequences. Makes... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I believe he uses the timeless excuse that, quote, sometimes stuff just comes out of my mouth, and I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> oh, haven't we all been there? When I hear that, I think, not only all is forgiven, but also that's exactly the type of thing that I want from a romantic partner, right? 100%. Yes. So he also, like, absolutely gaslights her by saying that she remembers their conflict wrong. Great. You love to see it. Good stuff. And then he says, if you're upset, I'm sorry. Like, get the the man a fucking (laughs) shovel. Yeah. You know? Like, he'll dig you a hole for free. (laughs) And he Um, starts panicking because he is worried that she is going to tell some of the other women and they're going to find out that he sucks (laughs) and he's going to be sent home. Oh, no. The tension, the drama. And, like, the tension of it is that the women have the power here. So, all of a sudden, uh, a beard Matt, who's never seen The Bachelor and doesn't know Chris Harrison's name, is in trouble. But it's not for nothing because... Awful Michael Todd is back with another yes. rendition of his hot touch. <laughs> it's so nice with a guitar. Oh, it's so lovely. He sounds like Adam Levine after a bowl of porridge. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing is I don't know if you're being serious or not, but I feel like it was somehow worse with the guitar. I'm like, he's so committed to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pretty baby, got you looking at me, got you looking at me. Come on, give it to me. Woo! I like that. 
<laughs> the thing about it was like the way that the guitar part was kind of complicated. Like it's not like he's just sitting there like uh, vamping on a chord. He's like, there's a bit of a guitar right. thing that goes on here. And like I could believe that at the beginning of this episode, he was kind of just trying to make something up on the fly. And then sure. when it comes to the guitar part, I'm like, oh, dear me. Oh, he's like, no. he's probably taught a band how to play this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he closes the set with Hot Touch. <laughs> and he's confident he'll get a rose. And he should be with a song like that. Well, right. He's yeah. so confident. And he says, I'm suddenly digging the Rudy. At this point, he's my favorite point, like my favorite person on the show because he is so unaware 100%. somebody has told him all you need to do doesn't matter all you have to do is be memorable all you all gotta, gotta do, do is stick in their touch. minds you got a peacock <laughs> and that's why he's got that cold like uh, la magician thing going on you know yeah. <laughs> all up here uh now instagram trevor pulls not here for drama jamie remember these people oh, yeah, yes of course yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he pulls Jamie away from her time on the couch with John Mayer Jr. Ryan because he wants to play her a song. And guess the fuck what? It's another John Mayer song. Okay, okay. But here's continuum. the thing. Here's the thing. He doesn't say he wants to play her a song. What he says is, I just want to hang out. Like, I really don't want to, like, make this seem like this is just some last-ditch attempt to win you back from the other guy who you're clearly interested in. What I really want to do is just chill with you and enjoy our moments together and that sort of thing. Oh, and by the way... Just by the way... Here's so, a song that I didn't write. Because here's the thing. Jamie, her love language is music, right? Mm. But what, <laughs> what Trevor has done is figured out that her love language is music, but her love dialect, her love accent, like the specific pinpoint that she is okay. interested in, okay. is the music of Bridgeport, Connecticut's John Clayton Mayer. And it's so, so funny. he bursts into this version of Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. Do you know the song Slow Dancing in a Burning Room? Mm-hmm. It's not a silly little moment. It's not the calm before the storm. This is the deep and dire breath of this love that we've been working on. Can't seem to hold you like I want to. So I can feel you in my arms Nobody's gonna come and save you We pull too many false alarms And we're going down And you can see it too And we're going down And you know that we're done My dear, slow dancing in a burning like one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that song. And afterwards, they there's nothing they can do but share a great big patch. When in Rome. Yeah, like it's so funny because it's like I like it's obviously a producer setup, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's I mean I want I want to give Trevor as much credit as I possibly can. So there is no way that I can think that he's like. Hey, do you know that, um, you remember you had that romantic date with that other man that looks like me singing a John Mayer song from the album Continuum? With the producer and the band and stuff. Right, and the touring guitarist. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Well, here's fucking track eight from the same album, babes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so out of tune. It's so bad. This makes Sheridan look like fucking Paul McCartney, Mm. you know? Um, But it works. 
that's the yeah. thing <laughs> it's that jamie is like oh my god the indecision what am i gonna do what am i gonna do about and like what this? happens if she finds out like one of the other guys could probably pretty easily figure out how to play one of john mayer's other songs oh. and then she says this are you ready for this she says i don't trust myself which if you're playing along at home, is track two from John Mayer's album, Continuum. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, look, uh, he's not what I would describe as a singer based on this performance. Hmm. Um, he finishes up and he's like, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. And she's like, yeah, it's beautiful. I love that song. But they make out anyway. So they some- love the song. Yeah, we see uh, Jamie crying with all the indecision and then they zoom out away from the mansion and it's rose ceremony time. Chris Harrison is there and he says the funniest thing in the whole episode, I think. I have a clip of it, which I really want to insert because he's like, he's kind of explaining the state of play to everybody and he's like giving a little bit of advice and he's like... And the last bit of advice, ladies, listen to your heart. <laughs> he said it. He said the thing. Uh, it's so good. Do it, and maybe you too will end up Brad- like Bradley Cooper. And crazy Being thing is, born. <laughs> crazy thing is, we're at the lineup, and guess who's seated next to each other? Ryan and Trevor, standing arm in right. arm, mm. linked up together. What's going to happen with Ryan and Trevor? We have to wait for a little while to find out. Because yoga piercing free spirit Savannah is up first in the rose ceremony. She, 25, chooses Brandon, 34, Kentucky. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. We then see bartender Mel, who was on the plain white tease date. She has she chooses purple hair and yes. other features, I am sure. <laughs> Some things that we know. She chooses Christian cellist Gabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, musical theater Becca picks a man named like Damien or Darren or Chris or something. No, this is crazy. It's Danny. Really. It's Danny. And yeah. is that the first time we've seen Danny in the entire episode? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yes. That was crazy. Who is this person? No I don't one know. Knows. And then, yeah. And then after that, we see Bree choose Chris. We established earlier in the episode that they are a thing. Yep. I definitely at this point was like, oh yeah, Brie and also Chris, two of my <laughs> friends from the television. Yeah, and if you remember, they did a pinky promise, which is how you knew That's that right. was going to be tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't break a pinky promise, you stay tight. I wonder then if uh, Mysterious Cheyenne, as she's described by one of the contestants, I've never seen this one before. No. She's invited forward, though, to present a rose, and uh, she chooses Matt, the beard in headlights. Yeah, she says, sometimes you got to take a chance. So I mean, someone has asked her to do it, and that is the <laughs> chance that she is taking. Yeah, like, did Rudy not get around to her? Uh, did Rudy not know that she was here either? I don't mm. really understand what happened here. Mm. Not-for-profit Julia chooses Subaru hat. Sheridan, she listened to a heart, ladies and gents. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, somebody like as they are joining the rest of the group, somebody audibly whispers, oh, "She listened to her heart." <laughs> uh, Someone's collecting a check for that. So that answers the question of whether she is here for Sheridan or what was bald man's name? Todd, Jess, Josh, Jack, Josh, Josh. He had it all. Goodbye, I don't Josh. know how he lost it. He was ripped. <laughs> Bald. <laughs> he was bald. <laughs> and probably a third thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it slipped, it slipped like sand right through his hands. Uh, not here for drama, Jamie chooses hot dog Trevor instead of John Mayer Jr. Ryan. Mm. And Holy Ryan's dangling shit. by a thread, and he's like, I've been introduced so well on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I've already performed my hit song, Gravity Jr. <laughs> I'm clearly the cutie pie of the bunch. <laughs> Which is still undeniable, okay? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Look, you can't take away the fact that he is the Wells Adams of this group. Mm. Uh, he, yeah, he just... Uh, I was heartbroken for him at this time. I thought it was kind of mean of Jamie. Like, I, at least if we are to believe the editing, it seems like he didn't really have any idea that this was really going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's not all for nothing because a message to you, Rudy chooses John Mayer Jr. Ryan at the end. She says, look, I could see myself falling for someone like that. I'm sure that someone has whispered in her mm. ear. It's fine. That'll work. That's really good. She's like, look, we've never talked, but come on. He's a cutie patootie. Yeah, come on. He's a cutie pie. He's probably right? in all the advertising already. What am I supposed to 100%. do? 100%. Which means we say goodbye to the bald man, whose name I've forgotten again. It's definitely Todd. Josh. It's got to be Josh. Josh. That's Josh, right? Uh, as well as Leather Jacket. Russell, Russ. the alternative guy. There he is. Mm. Which is a shame because alternative is one of my favorite music genres, and it's a real shame <laughs> that it's not being represented anymore. <laughs> uh, we lose a man who looks like he might have been in NSYNC. Um, Could be Jack. And then we Ooh, lose Jack. Jack. Mm. Oh, there you go. Jack Black? I didn't realize he's on the show. Um, no, he's coming. Michael Todd. Now, here's the thing about the Michael Todd thing. Before we know we yeah. lose Michael Todd, before the group knows yes. who the last pick is, the group theorizes that it might be Michael Todd. Mm. Yes. So clearly, That's Hot Touch has gotten to everybody. At this point, Hot Touch has coronavirus its way around mm. the mansion, and we're all... Uh, you know, we're fever. infected with hot touch fever. Well, you know that yeah. thing when you touch something hot and then you immediately pull your hand away and you have to run it under cold water? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Stove syndrome. Yeah, yeah um, look, um, hot touch from the album Stone Stove fucking Stone Stove Syndrome <laughs> is available to stream on Spotify. <laughs> and that brings us to the That's end it. of episode one oh. of The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys, are your hearts pumping like mine? I'm thrilled. I can't wait to see what this, ha well, like where this journey takes us. I'm so happy. Same. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for, uh, for being participant to this, this first installment. Thank you for listening to your heart and asking me. <laughs> it's been a thrill. Uh, my heart is beating. Feels like a very, uh, Feels like a very Jeremy Neal message. Yeah. You know what? A message to you, Rudy and friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is such a delight. I feel like we've been trying to find the right opportunity for you to come on the show for probably a number of years now, and it couldn't have worked out much better. So thank you so much for stopping by. This is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting me addicted to this new series, which is now going to consume my life for the next <laughs> six episodes. Hell yeah. Yes. Um, I can't believe it's only six episodes. I want it to go for more. I know, especially because uh, all of our Bachelor series have been pushed back. Yeah. It's like, just yeah. let this run. Bring them back to the house. We'll figure it out. But they're testing the waters. This will be huge. <laughs> yes. We're going to get another season of this. <laughs> like... 
these people are going to become people for the US Bachelor and Bachelorette franchises, which I can't wait for, and particularly Paradise. Like, we, we're going to... Mm. This isn't the last that we've seen of Michael Todd, is what oh, I'm saying. Boy, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, stream or buy Jeremy Neal's fucking great new record we were trying to make it out. Yes. It's so good. Jeremy, congratulations. Hey. Yeah, fuck thanks yeah. Thanks very much. Uh, look, um, yeah, thank you. Hey, uh... That's kind. You it's, it's, look, are we're, welcome. We're, it's no hot touch. No, that's all, that's all we've established. Is, <laughs> and it's no John Mayer, but it's it's all right. So thanks for thanks for giving us spruik. Is stream. it too late look, for a bonus track? You know what? Do you think if I could yeah. burn all the copies I haven't sold, right, <laughs> and then like claim insurance and then get a repress where I sneak in a new gold edition, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, sure. So. That's the stuff, yeah, yeah. You burn all the copies that you haven't sold. Uh, in burning them, you acquire a hot touch. Talk to the label. They normally love that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It feels good. It feels really, really good to me as well. All right. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us here on this new episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. I'm excited for the next six episodes. This is going to be really fun. Yeah. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. If you're there, um, Jeremy Neal is at Jeremy Neal on Instagram. You can find me at Max Quinn. Xavier is at Xavier RN. The thing hey, is, uh, we actually, Xavier, we did come to make, did it for, come to make to here with friends. friends thing. Yeah. yeah. And we are having friends and we came here. Um, mm. So do track us down on all your social medias at BOH Pod. Come hang out. We're doing another episode next week. It's going to be great. Probably going to do one the week after that. Might even continue <laughs> that pattern uh, as long as possible. Only six episodes of this show, but you never know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. It's a kind of strange time, but uh, you know. Uh, keep safe, keep healthy, keep happy, um, keep strong, keep lifting weights like me, baby. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll catch you next time. Uh, we wish you all the very best. And, uh, you know, I was send you a big kiss over the, you know, a socially distant kiss over the internet. That's it. Buy as much Jeremy Neal stuff as you can online. We love you. Do it. Bye. Goodbye.